The United Pentecostal Church International offers three levels of ministerial credentials, local license, general license, and ordination. What is the purpose of these credentials, and how does someone determine whether they should seek to be credentialed with the UPCI in the first place? Keep listening to find out. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, we encourage you to check out Dr. David K. Bernard's books. Dr. Bernard has written more than 30 books on biblical theology and Christian living and leadership. Visit PentecostalPublishing.com and search David Bernard for a list of available titles. Enter promo code DKB10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's PentecostalPublishing.com, promo code DKB10 to save 10% at checkout. The United Pentecostal Church International offers three levels of ministerial credentials. We have local license, general license, and then ordination. Can you tell us what is the purpose of ministerial credentials in general, and why are there three levels of ministerial credentials? Well, first of all, ministerial credentials are very important in fulfilling Scripture, the principles that we find in the New Testament. So we do see throughout the whole Bible, God calls people to leadership positions. The New Testament, we see God calls people to preach the gospel. The New Testament has qualifications for those who are called to preach. We find them in 1 Timothy 3. We find them in Titus 1. The New Testament gives examples of how ministers should be endorsed by God, but also by the church when when they're sent out. We also find what we might call recommendations or commendations where you see this in the letters of Paul, you see this in the letters of John, where they will write and say, I'm sending this preacher to you. I receive them, support them. I commend them. They're a good minister. Also, we find uh, ministerial discipline or removal of recommendation. Likewise, uh, examples from the writings, the letters of Paul and John. I do not recommend this minister. Don't receive them. They're divisive. They're in false doctrine. Um, I'm warning you about them. So uh, those are the principles that we see. The New Testament does not give us a detailed structure for the local church or for the church at large. And I think that's intentional because that can vary. What's proper or most beneficial can vary greatly depending on your culture, the country, the time period you're in. And so the Bible doesn't give us one rigid structure of how to have a local church or one rigid structure to how to have a national church, but it gives these principles I've just described. And they're principles of leadership, sending of missionaries, collecting offerings, uh, having conferences to decide major issues. All that's in the New Testament. Um, I've written a book that describes this called The Apostolic Church in the 21st Century, and that's one of the topics. It discusses church government. So we as the UPCI are charged with trying to implement that in a practical way in our own context. So ministerial credentials are not merely our opinion. 
even though the detail and the specific structure you described is is our, ours, not not found in the Bible, but it's our attempt to fulfill what I've just described, to make sure people are qualified, that they're sent by the church, um, that they have their proper recommendation if there's a problem, that there's appropriate discipline or withdrawal recommendation. And that's what ministerial credentials essentially do. Uh, they say you are qualified, you've or when they're removed, you are not qualified. You do not represent us. And so I think they're biblical. The reason why we have three uh, levels is we're trying to fulfill what uh, the, the description we have in First Timothy and Titus, that we're not supposed to ordain a novice. We're not supposed to choose people that aren't qualified. So we start by saying, first of all, if you are, and, and what we, we talk about a minister, of course, everyone should have a minister, ministry in the sense of a place of service. But what we're more specifically talking about, the Bible says, minister of the gospel. So we're talking about those who are called to preach, teach, lead the church. Those are the people that we would grant ministerial credentials to. So everyone is a servant. Everyone is a minister. But only certain people are called to preach slash teach slash lead the church. Those are the ones that we would give UPCI ministerial credentials. There's actually a preliminary step um, that is not part of the UPCI structure, but we specifically say that a, a local pastor can grant someone a ministry certificate, um, a Christian ministry certificate, which authorizes them to minister within the local church under the pastor, which can be very useful for various purposes, such as hospital visitation or jail ministry, giving uh, credentials within the city, but it's not uh, ministerial credentials with the UPCI as the organization. So for some people, that might be the only thing they need because their ministry is only in that sort of context. And perhaps they're not even qualified to go further with UPCI credentials because of, you know, situations either temporarily not qualified because they're not ready or maybe because of a situation like a divorce or remarriage that happened after they came to the Lord. They wouldn't qualify for UPCI credentials, but they could still be used in the discretion of the local pastor. Or sometimes this becomes a preliminary step where the pastor wants them to, to get to prove themselves locally before he even recommends them to the UPCI. So that's in the option of the local pastor and the local church to have a, a, a ministry, a Christian ministry certificate, be, which we might call lay ministry, no, no official status with UPCI. But then we grant local license, which as its title signifies, you're working under the local pastor. It's just like a training. And again, it might be all that a person needs, but we generally think of it as preparation. The next step is called general license, which as its term signifies, you can fulfill any ministerial position. So if someone is going to be a pastor, a senior pastor of a local church, they're supposed to attain the level of general license. If they haven't yet and they get elected as pastor, they're supposed to, as soon as possible, get qualified, the general license. And then ordination is the third and final step, is the foolproof of ministry. And unfortunately, some people just seem to stop at general and don't see the significance. But I think there, there is not only an organizational significance because uh, ordination is required for many positions and boards and committees 
and uh, involvements. But ordination is also a spiritual thing where I think the Lord gives a special anointing and confirmation on your call. Uh, so I think it shouldn't be seen as optional. It should be seen as uh, if I truly am called to preach and feel that I need credentials with the UPCI, I should go through the steps of local, general, until I reach ordination. So my summary is this. If you're working within the context of the UPCI and you feel called to preach, and it could be broad. Some people, um, it, they might have a counseling ministry, but yet they're also a teaching ministry, and they're also working in a pastoral context. Well, so that's why I say preach slash teach slash lead if you feel that call to preach the gospel, then you should seek minister credentials. And once you get minister credentials, you should work to get from local to general until ordination. I think that's that's the will of God, I believe. As we discussed in a previous segment, uh, whatever God says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. God gives authority to the church to say, this person is in your church, feels called to preach. Whatever plan you uh, implement to fulfill these scriptural qualifications, I will back you up and I will anoint them. So I do believe it's the will of God and it's a scriptural thing that you would go from local general to ordination. Um, if you are truly called of God to preach the gospel, we can't call you, but um, you should qualify yourselves according to the guidelines that we've set forth. Now, some people say, well, I can preach. I don't need a license. I don't need credentials. Well, what's the point? Well, uh, it's, it's accountability. It's credibility. It's submission to authority. It's um, being known. Your, your doctrine is examined. Your life is exampled. You, it, uh, it is known and, and uh, is uh, identified among us. And it also gives you the ability to participate through voting and, and participation in other ways, serving in various capacities. So I do believe it is important, even though you could get opportunities to preach without it. If you're truly called to preach, then you should seek the appropriate credentials to fulfill scriptural uh, guidelines and to be accountable, to be submissive, and also to be an influence, to be a participant. Now, uh, if someone says, well, I think I'm called, and where do I start? Well, you start with your local pastor. The pastor that's over you in the Lord, that guides you, admonishes you, he can help you discern if you're truly called to preach the gospel, and if you are, in what capacity— and if so, would a, a Christian ministry certificate in your local church suffice? Would local license suffice? If you go up through a Bible college training program, you can go you can go past local license directly to general. So you might want to consider going to one of our Bible colleges, Urshan College or Urshan Graduate School of Theology. We also have other training ministerial training programs uh, that can be used, such as Purpose Institute. Um, and C, um, CSTI and the Genesis Institute. So we, we have various uh, tracks that you can follow for training, or the standard training is Ministry Central. The one website has all the digital books and videos that you need for local license, general license, and ordination. But where do you get started? You start with your pastor. You get guidance. If he feels you're ready to apply, then we have a new online um, application process, 
and it will go with your pastor's endorsement to the district and the district will help you follow the guidelines. But then you'll need to meet all the qualifications educationally. We have preaching qualifications. You must have experience in preaching the gospel. And then you must meet the district board for a personal interview. Uh, so it's an exciting thing. We need more preachers. Uh, but we need preachers who are qualified, who are accountable, uh, who are who are credible, who are accredited. And so this is our plan to try to put ministers of the gospel in the field. And I'm happy to tell you, we now have in the U.S. and Canada, our home base, we have over, well over 11,000 credential ministers in the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.